0: I'm Natasha Norman, and this is the Latitude Art Podcast. In studio with me today is the painter Andrew Sutherland. Andrew has a taste for adventure in both the subjects and mediums of his painting. His work is inspired by wanderlust and characterized by narratives about human encounters with the natural world. Tina Lacourdeur and I chatted to Andrew about the work he made for the Latitude Apart Hotel, his early inspirations from living in Taiwan, to recent inspirations drawn from a return to his photographic archive. We discuss the role that collaboration plays in his artistic development and pay tribute to the influential gallery Salon 91. So for the Latitude Collection, you were asked to do a, rather controversially, Tina <laughs> was prodding you to do a particular commission. Yes. Um, so that's of, your, yes. of the coast.
1: That is, yeah. I don't normally do coastal things, actually. I don't know why. But I have since then done a few and I am getting more in tune with them for sure. I think, you, you know, as an artist, you kind of stick to the things that you're good at or, you know, that you find easy. And that's problematic because you need to explore and develop so when tina was like hey do, don't you want to do this thing this coastal painting she, her voice isn't like that by the way i'm just
2: <laughs> Thanks, Andy. and i was
1: like no but maybe that was one of the reasons i said no but actually i'm glad i did it because looking at it now it's yeah i was quite pleasantly surprised it turned out quite good so
0: because usually your your work well, and remember, you have your cactus sort of series, and then you have your deep forested series, and there's always that little explorer
2: mm-hmm.
0: that that you sort of find in the picture. And I I've always thought that's got a lot to do with when you and Cynthia were living in we're Taiwan. Taiwan, yeah. I mean, do you find that moment there brought a lot of inspiration, or do you sort of mix it up with a local um, landscape?
1: Yeah, thing? I think I think. I was very, I had a thing going on, you know, and then when I got to Taiwan, we did all this exploring and it was so incredible. Just nature, urban, like another world, literally another world. And it was, both of us just had the most amazing time there. And we're actually going back in like two months. Oh. Yeah. But I think all that exploring while we were there and that sort of very Mm. childlike, just wonder. uh, It's an amusement park. It, It really is what felt like that at the time, kind of carried over and it didn't, quite kick in until i think a few months or so after being back in cape town and having a show that wasn't really that way you know it wasn't what people say like a small explorer in the in the in these landscapes i think that kind of just happened organically but that was probably the being in taiwan probably now that you say it probably was the ignition to this to this whole thing now
0: Because I've always thought of you as an explorer. I mean, I know you do rock, don't you do rock climbing? And I mean, you know, we have a brief sort of accident of birth. We were born in the same little town in Namibia. And I think maybe the description of you as this kind of really energetic go-getter kid. Um, My mother still (laughs) remembers (laughs) from the TOTS playgroup. I've always thought of you as having this sort of really explorer spirit. So it's interesting that for me it finds its way into your paintings and that character.
1: Yeah, I think I was I was born in Aranyaumut, which is in Namibia, on the right on the right on the border of South Africa, and we had a very kind of free childhood. I like wouldn't we wear shoes, and we we're just always running around. It's it's basically on the on the on the edge of a desert, and not, our parents are very open to us just cruising around. It was very safe there, so I think that also that just those formative years of just having, kind of having it all, you know, have probably played a part in it. But I don't know. I just don't remember it at all. But, I mean, I'm sure I could trace it back. You know, I remember like, it was different it.
0: sizes. Sometimes it was yeah. big and then he got smaller and smaller.
1: But it's, it kind of sort of developed into this whole other thing that just kind of carried on and snowballed. And now people are like, you know, they almost expect it, which is not great for me because if I don't want to do it, yeah, I don't know. Just there's like a little bit of external pressure with that.
0: Mm. So as your interest has moved more into the landscape, exactly, there's still this little exactly. anchor that you can't...
1: But I do find it, it kind of creates this majesty. So yeah. without it, it also falls a bit flat. So these landscapes, they kind of need this human element to make it, to, to bring in that human connection, right? So I think it is important but i just maybe i need to kind of work on how to deliver it you know mm. um because i've i you know you fall as an artist you always fall into these traps these formulas that you i mean if you're an artist you will know mm. you kind of get you get stuck into something and if it's successful and people appreciate it and you know then you're like "Ooh, that worked let me just ch- ch- ch, and you keep going around and doing the same thing again but that's that's the artist's curse because then you're not you're not, you're not doing enough to to explore and better your practice, you know. But I have definitely started doing lots more things, more collaborations. Those things are really important to me because then I'm working with other people. I mean, I've worked with you before. Yeah, we did some prints yeah, together. Some yeah, some monotypes. I find those, those experiences so liberating because you're not, it's not just you now.
0: You're, well, you're in you, conversation. Or, yeah,
1: exactly. You're in conversation. It kind of all helps, just helps you opens you up and relaxes you and just, yeah, it's it's been uh, working with my partner who runs Gwyn Studios, Cynthia, who you know.
0: Well, tell us about that. I have see you've just launched yeah. a whole series of vessels. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they are vessels. So um, Cynthia, she she has two companies, like and Leaf, which is a sort of earring, I guess you could call it, jewellery-based company. So she started another side project Gwynn Studios. Her middle name is Gwyneth, which is very old school. I laughed at her about that. But she's <laughs> taken it, shortened it, made a Gwyn, and she started making vessels, which are beautiful. And for a long time it didn't quite click that, oh hang on, maybe I maybe we can do something together. Because mm. I, I did go to a, a ceramic class with her, but then what I learned from that because I was actually making the things. Oh,
0: like so so you moved from painting to sort of sculpting. Yeah, just
1: playing something really convinced me it was a good idea. So she's been amazing. She's always helping me grow. And after a while, we stopped going to that class. And then I just thought like, man, I I need to like, I really like ceramics, but I don't know if I like making them. Mm -hmm. I was like, why don't I just try painting on some of these nice, these beautiful vessels that she's making. And we did. We experimented with so many fails. Oh, my God. Really? A, yeah, well, it's a, it's a very tricky medium. It, ceramics, it's quite unforgiving, shall we say. It's, you know, you could do everything perfectly. You put it in the kiln. Boom, it explodes. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yes. You know, the glaze, like, melts off the thing or whatever. There's so many things that can go wrong. So, you, in a way, it's it's... It's interesting because you you can't you can't ever guarantee that it's going to come out, so you you let go. You
0: yes, know? you have to say, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I love that. Maybe it'll survive, can't get maybe attached. it won't. You cannot get attached yeah. to your
1: artwork, no, no.
0: But, so that's a real shift from painting yeah. where you, I mean, would you describe painting as a space where you have more control or...
1: Full control, yeah, I'd say. For me, because I've been doing it so, for so long, I, I kind of know... You know, it's just normal for me to do. But then these other things, they require more patience and more, mm. you know, just more. And that's really great. You've got to learn, and you've got to grow. So we've been doing these things anyway. And every time you do a vessel and it comes out, you go, oh, this color is not exactly what I was thinking it was mm. going to be. You know, because also I'm working in underglaze. So yeah, and when sometimes you sometimes it it's on, quite you know, different, Yeah, could, could go on there looking pink and then it comes out green or the color, you know. So, especially when you're mixing your own colors, then you, it is really like a lucky packet. You yeah. open up that kiln and you're like, whoa, whoa, this is awesome. Or let's bin it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But, yeah, it's been really fun. And I've, we've kind of continued it. So, we did, we did about 12 pieces for my last show. And they were pretty successful. They weren't 100% there, some of them. But, you know, we, we also had issues with firing because of load shedding. That was very challenging. Yes. Super challenging. And I think... We just had to seize all these, so we just we just worked it and we just, like, literally finished, you know, a week before the show, got them out and they were received really well and we decided we're just going to keep on going and we're going to keep creating and then, you know, then you start analyzing things a little bit more and you say, oh, how do I make this better? What can I do? Because, um, you know, in the beginning, that's what I'm saying, when you look back at something, even if it's three years ago, you look back at a painting, you're like, geez, what the, is that, was that? whoa, shit, I
0: didn't... Yeah, so you, and Tina was... I didn't
1: do that, did I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tina was talking to Andy about the works in the collection. It was funny. Um,
2: Andy had a look around and didn't even see his painting, and you walked right by it. I know, blind. Um, And then we discovered you've got ten more in this building that you never knew about, but... It, it, uh, I've got two questions. The yeah. one is, when you look back, do you think, "Wow, that was great"? Is it often with appreciation? And secondly, it doesn't feel strange, probably to the both of you, mm-hmm. to not know where your paintings are, or your works are, and it's like walk <laughs> by them and feel almost emotional, it's like your children, right? Oh,
1: that's funny. Um, the first question, I think, when you see something, it's not that it's maybe it's just because you've moved on. No, I think sure. that's the thing with work is that you're in a inner space, a headspace when you when you create something, whatever it is, and then you move on. Very I move very quickly. I'm I'm always trying things, and you know, and I think I'm getting better. At least you know, I hope I am. So then you go look at something from five years ago. You really forget what mindset you were in when you created it, and mm-hmm. it feels so different to what you're where you're at now. And I think that's it's not a bad thing. It's just different.
0: Do you find because sometimes when I look at old work. I am reminded of the mindset. It almost comes yes, rushing back at you like a yeah. feeling. Yeah. And and I suppose what's nerve-wracking yeah. is like, will I like that feeling mm. or right. won't I? Which is so different for a, a viewer who's coming at it with a whole Fresh. lot of other yeah. things. Yeah.
1: yeah, I never consider the viewer, which is so selfish. But anyway, I always think it's clumsy. Like I'm always, I think the word is, when I look back, I think, oh, it looks a bit clumsy. Like I hadn't, I hadn't... Because my mind has now moved on five years later, I'm looking back at like those are the learning stages. Mm-hmm. So you can see them, right? You can see those learning stages. You can see those little wheels on the mm-hmm. training wheels on the bicycle. And I think no one else will see that, mm-hmm. but you will see that. I, it is kind of cool though, like, to, to see that piece. I was, it was really nice to see it because often you, you know, your recollection is all digital, So, Mm -hmm. if I'm looking at something and like I've used that piece as as reference to something, you know, I wanted to do another coastal painting. So I looked at that one just to see maybe what was good and what was not good. And it's not the same. And then you see it in real life and you go, oh, wow, it's actually Mm -hmm. so much better. Not blowing my own horn here. Well, I'm
2: so glad my persuasion paid off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My one request I don't think you ever named it. Please won't you name it? And that's. Is naming quite a thing for both of you?
1: It's becoming more of a thing. I never I used to hate it. I used to hate it because I thought oh if you name something you know in the beginning stages of my career I always thought it was not important. I was like oh so who cares? No one cares what something's named. But actually naming it gives it a whole another identity in a
2: way. Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's it's another thing to think about which is important. And so it's become quite fun to name things now. You know, you can make it a little bit cheeky if you want, mm-hmm. give some kind of clue to what's going on in the painting or whatever it is so it's it's fun naming stuff and I'm definitely getting into it um was the second question
0: how do you feel not knowing where your (laughs) pictures end up
1: yeah I never ever thought about that good question Tina I think what sort of every now and again someone will send you a photo of of a painting they had Mm -hmm. you know it does happen to me and 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 you're like oh whoa geez forgot about that okay when you said in in its space quite interesting too because you know you only i only ever see well unless it's an exhibition and you're putting it up you only really see it in your studio and then maybe when it's framed you know back but no i never really think about where it's going should i
0: no you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think it's 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 interesting as a maker you there's something about the process of making that that fast endlessly fascinates you that's what gets you back in the studio mm-hmm. every day. And when that becomes difficult, that's what you go and do other things to distract yourself from yeah. for a bit. But, and it's so interesting because Tina, you're in, your focus is like where it will live mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, and it, they're like two different lives mm. because the, the fascination and the thing you're doing to find, to make it is one sort of thing. And then where it lives on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the space it's in and how it animates the space or how the space animates it becomes a whole nother mm-hmm. sort of conversation. So let's talk about some of your kind of contemporary inspirations. When when we arrived here, I found you rummaging through the books in the library
2: and yeah. you
0: confessed to taking some photos. I, I um, have, yes. What's, what's your sort of latest like inspiration?
1: You know, I'm always d- – <sighs> I don't know if there's one thing. It's just I'm drawn to, you know, I've always liked old stuff. And I've always just mulled around markets and stuff and try to find things. that And you just know what it is when you find it. You know, it's not necessarily one thing. But you're always drawn to those old books. And I think it's just the older ways. Everything was just a bit more simpler or something. Or just, at least it appears so when you open up the book. The book I was actually looking at in here... At the Latitudes Library, is that what it's called?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Was uh, Trees of the Kruger National Park, which is amazing. I never seen that book before. And
0: is it historic? So 1950s, 1960s? I or? would
1: say sixties, maybe seventies actually. Looks I didn't actually look at the front, but it, it kind of looks like it's that old. You know, when you're looking at these things, you're kind of always looking with the mind of can I use this? Or like, what can be done with this? Is this going to work well in a painting? Like, is it going to translate well? Mm-hmm. Those things all kind of play out in your mind when you're just flipping through books and stuff. But when I see something, I'm like, boom, that's it. That's gonna. That's a winner. I'll take it. You know. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go do something with it and maybe check some. You know. And then it's that's just the beginning stages. But that's just kind of how I've always I've always worked. But that's all going to change. Doing some. No wait, check their expressions. <laughs> Edit that out, Jesus. No,
0: no, that. what's happening? <laughs> Tell us. No, it's fascinating.
1: No, no. I, I, the other thing that that Cynthia and I have always been into is is actually photography, and I've mm. I've taken in Taiwan. I've took a lot of of film photos and never used any of them, mm. or maybe I've used a few of them actually, but not many. I would say like less than a percent of of the actual oh. amount of photos I've taken, which is ridiculous. And I think I've got a Relatively good eye with photography. Cynthia says that I take so long to take a photo. Like I'm like composing this thing for hours, you know, like I hold my breath, I do that thing. And then I fire it off. I'm like, that's it, that's the one. Oh, so happy. Um, Get it home and maybe it looks shit or whatever. But Is that because
0: where's the pre-digital where you're used to having to have a film in yeah. your camera, yeah. even if it's a disposable, and then you, go, you don't have thousands of photos forms, you can take. Film's
1: trending now, big time. Uh, right? yeah. It's coming back in a big way. People, well, it's, probably, yeah, it's been back for a while, but...
0: But it changes the way you take a photo because yeah, yeah. you don't have an endless mm-hmm. Very clicks.
1: thoughtful. Very thoughtful. You've got 30-plus 30, 30 photos. You better make them count. You know? yeah. It's also not cheap to develop. But it's a very fun thing to do. It's that whole see what it looks like later thing. Which is which is the same with the f- with the firing and the kill. It's it's an amazing, it's a it's a it's an experience, you know, because you don't really know what's going to happen. You can only do as much as you can, and then it's in God's hands, you know. You, you better hope that He's on your side that day. <laughs> you open up, and it's okay, cool. Wow, these look great, or you know, the photos are all blurred or something. I also have like a, uh, I often take blurry photos. I think I need to get my eyes checked, but mm. it could be the camera too. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. Kind of wanted to start looking at these photos with painting in mind. Something Mm. I've never done before. I've always just and I have lots. I have digital camera and I take always take photos on hikes, holidays, all the time. Just taking photos, love it. See something cool, and I'm thinking like half of me is thinking "Mm, this could be. I could use this, but I've never actually done it. So Mm. I think I'm going to start doing that. Um, The problem is that I'm addicted to. Rummaging through old stuff, so this it's this like collector's nature. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna try and and just s- sort of step out of that realm. The the the, the older, so I, you know I want to carry the tone, mm. but I want it to be all me now, not not so much borrowed. Not that that's anything wrong with that. It's just I feel like this is a chance, you know, and yeah. the, and. Yeah, I've got some collaborations lined up. I can't say too much about it because I haven't really started. But there's lots of people that I'm going to be working with that are, you know, and and those like as we talked about earlier, those things all kind of change the way you Mm. work. And so anyway, there's exciting things coming up. Yeah, and and I
0: think it's interesting that you're going deeper into photography because I remember just in our conversations being fascinated with how photography over the years, um, when you develop something like film from the 50s or film from the 70s, it has a slightly different color yeah. because of the chemical processes available at those different times. And yes. you can almost spot, you can say, oh, that's a, that photo must be from the 70s because the yellows are yeah, so much more you know, exactly. prominent or that must be a a hand-colored something mm-hmm. from, you know, before. So I think it's quite fascinating for you to start playing with those things I mean, a photography has a painterliness that you can really um, play with in developing your own photos and working yeah. with your own photos.
1: I will say the one thing that I find challenging is that taking photos of a digital camera, it's almost too good. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't really ever look, it looks too clean and too tidy, which is maybe why I haven't really used it because I don't want my painting to be mm. too clean and tidy. I. I kind of like them to be, to feel something. It's mm. a movement. And, you know, if it's stiff, rigid image, it's quite hard to, if it's too clean, it's hard to break away from that when you're painting.
0: Because you get seduced by yeah. it. There's a sort of seductive. Yeah.
1: But what I have started doing, another another process is has been to do sort of like A5 sketches and spend a bit more time on the sketches and then actually just paint from the sketch. Mm. Because then now you've, you, you've You've got a few steps here, and you you don't really have to look at that first reference point because you've kind of created mm-hmm. your version of that. I, I I find myself checking the first one, but I'm I'm really trying to not look at the the image because also my my color palette it's not real. It's not you know it's I'm terrible. I'm colorblind pretty much.
0: Really, like, like yeah. properly colorblind. Yeah.
1: I oh, know, don't say it. Everybody says it.
0: What? How can you be a painter if you're colorblind? No, are you really?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm no, there's
0: a numerous. You guys pa- are all black
1: and white right now. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> there's numerous <laughs> no, painters in joking. the history Tina, that have I'm been. No, co-
1: I'm not, You're not
0: black and <laughs> <or> white. <laughs> I'm too colorful. <But>, um, <laughs>
1: no, it's no, I, I just have a. It's like I can't be a pilot, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay.
1: You know, that, that weird dot test you do where it's like oh, 37 sure. or whatever, you know, it just looks like a really cool painting to me. <laughs> Ugh, pointillist wow. painting. De-de-de-de-de- so, I, I mean, everyone has their color palettes, right? Mm. So for for you to look too closely at a photograph mm. becomes a bit of a problem. So I've actually always enjoyed or preferred looking at black and white images. But the older black and white images are kind of different. They're not so sharp, so the blacks aren't so black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a little bit washed over and there's room for there's room for when you're translating it into a sketch, somehow it just translates better because it's not perfect i think
0: well there's there's a space the tonal there's a tonal ambiguity that when you sketch it you have to decide where the line is yes because because there's a the the ambiguous edge means that the way you see it becomes evident in your interpretation of it yeah um and that you know if i did a drawing of it it would look completely different because the way i'm interpreting the image would sit in a different space. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so it's just, it's interesting. I think a lot of, there are a lot of painters, um, a lot of artists who who use photography as a very important reference. And I think what's been fascinating about this conversation is really getting down to like, w- what is it about the photograph? And for you, it's it's having, that photograph has to have a bit of ambiguity for you to be able to own it.
1: Yeah. Or, or it's easier to work with when it does have that ambiguity, yeah, for sure. But, you know, maybe it's just I have to shoot in, shoot in a, I don't know, slightly blurry, <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be a way around it. I mean, I've used 35mm photos okay, and I've been comfortable with that. But I have never really used a digital photo and I don't know
2: why. So I noticed that your last show, you everything is oil on canvas, right? You're,
1: most of it. Most of it. It. it.
2: But I noticed two different styles. Yeah. Talk me through that.
1: In the oils, you mean? Yeah. Or
2: yeah. The, so the one looked more real and the other uh, one looked more painterly.
1: Yes. So I would say would, there, there was sort of like a break and someone said, hey, really like the psychedelic paintings you did.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: which ones are those? couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then I realized, I think that's what you're referring to. There's, there's a few that have quite...
2: It's like hyper real.
1: I want to say like worked, but sure. not hyper real. Okay. It's got a particular sort of mark making, but mm-hmm. there wasn't many of them. They were done in the be- beginning of, the, of when I started working for the show. And so they were quite tight mm-hmm. because I, you know, I was nervous. Oh. It takes a while to for the like, pressures exactly. to let go of you and then you can loosen up a little bit.
0: What, what, once um, you've made so many paintings, then you can sort of like...
1: Well, I think also if you're just doing so many, you kind of just, you know, you get into your flow. And I think, I don't know how many oil paintings I did for the show. It must have been 20 plus. It was quite a lot. And it was a challenge. But the two different styles, I think they kind of blur a bit, mm-hmm. you know. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that I exactly know what you mean. <laughs> like
2: the two the, different- the- the- <laughs> The the one you could definitely see brushstrokes, and the other one looked more, as you said, um, work. neater. Worked was the word you yeah. used, and they were it, it almost looked like a spray paint. It was like tiny little dots, whereas the others had more brushstrokes. And and this one I'd, I'd classify as a brushstrokey work.
1: Yes, yeah, I think that the main takeaway from this show has been that I am definitely um, heading towards more oil painting because I'm finding it kind of rewarding,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more rewarding than acrylic. And I think the reason is that it's so lush and I don't know what it is. You can It's just expressive. And yeah, like I was saying earlier, you know, you see an oil painting in real life and it's, it feels this, you just don't see it. And, and I get the same th- feeling with acrylic. When I look at them together, I'm always drawn to the oil painting. Mm. So I need to just keep going with it.
0: Well, also, I think oil.
1: Sorry to give you a the little luster. bit of like science here, yeah, but go like, on, hit
0: us. so um, in oil paint, the pigment is sitting in a in a sort of shimmery, oily uh, medium. Yeah. So the light bounces off the pigment in that medium in a in a way that is alluring. Yeah. Whereas with acrylic, it's sitting in a sitting in a plastic medium, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know that if you were to reflect light of glass versus light of plastic, it's mm. a completely different yeah. sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just in its material properties, maybe perhaps that has something to do with the yeah. Do you do glazing as well or No, no glazing. Because that's a I whole nother I
1: do varnish and I do use some mediums more just to kind of make it dry slower. But I just I just really like oil paintings. It's that simple. And I just uh, I think a lot of people shy away from oil paintings because they, it's kind of dirty. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I mean, I don't know. I always get it over everything. Even oh, when, 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 when
0: you mean shower, not a viewer, but a painter. Yeah, sorry. It,
1: whenever, yeah, I think they find people like even I. I never, I did study, I did a little bit of oil painting in college, and I just remember being like, oh, it's it, it feeling above me. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get this kind of thing. And then I think later down the line, I started seeing. All these paintings, and I was like, "Wow, well, there's something in this. So mm-hmm. nice. Let me just try it again." And then, you know, I put the gloves on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that shit just gets on everything, <laughs> in your hair, on the cat. Cats love oil paint; they somehow just attracted to it like a magnet. <laughs> it's, uh, it was—it's horrible because you're always—I'm always touching, and then you know you look in the mirror, and you got—and it's not—it's not water-based, so it's not actually good for it's, you to get it on your skin, yeah. and and terps, and that absorbs into your skin. It's not great. But it's worth it. That's all I'm going to say. It's worth it. So, yeah, well, I mean, I find that a huge canvas, it seems really quite challenging to make that and to, to do that in oil. And that's why I still do acrylics, large, large, okay. large scale acrylics, because it's just too daunting mm-hmm. to be, okay, I'm going to, you know, it's quite, it feels risky, you know but slowly going to up that scale. I'm mm. you know, just going to slowly until it feels more comfortable and then and hopefully it'll work out.
0: Cool, I think... Um, Come
1: on, what else you got? <laughs>
0: I've
1: not finished my drink yet. <laughs> <are> you're just <laughs> what warming up now. <laughs> exactly. This is when you're going to get the gold. <laughs> 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 we'll, hear,
0: we'll hear all about your collaborations <laughs> and then you'll be like, scratch that, scratch that.
1: <laughs> no, I can't say much about that. Because, <laughs> because that might not happen, you know. That's the thing about collaborations too is that they're it's you can you can both or all parties can go in there being really positive, which is, happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to do this thing; it's going to be so great. But when it comes down to the practicality of it, some people just can't collaborate. It's that simple. It's just not easy for people to work together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know they they're very, and for other people it's really easy to work. So let's just see what happens.
0: I mean, I think when you came and made prints with me in the studio, there there was. It was a ex, you were leading it because you had ideas of what you wanted to make, but we were collaborating in terms of it was techniques you'd never come yeah. across. You didn't yeah. know how how to lay the uh, the color down, yeah. you know. So then it becomes more of a conversation and more of a you know yes. you're guiding one aspect, I'm guiding another, yeah. and together we come up with something.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I remember doing something with Jay Clara and I think Paul Seniel. Mm. Uh which was amazing. Like Jay did this cool vinyl, Tiger Vinyl. Do you guys remember that piece? No. Very nice. And I did bits and pieces in the background, and Paul did bits and pieces. Me and Paul did quite a lot together, and some of them were really, really cool, actually, because our styles very, very different. But somehow we got some nice sort of jelling going on there, mm-hmm. and that kind of also, it also could just be persistence. Sometimes you just got to like keep going. Yeah, and I think I'm getting better at being persistent. It, as an artist, just like not giving up, you know, like no, you know what, back in the day, I was late lazy. I was, I'll be the first to admit, it, lazy. <laughs> 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 but I really don't want to be that anymore. You know, I want to be proud of everything.
0: Hmm. Okay, nice to
2: hear. I um, I was a patron of Sala ninety one, mm-hmm. and I love what she did. It was amazing. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, I felt that we. I think we, a lot of people in Cape Town felt a big loss when Salon mm-hmm. 91 mm-hmm. closed its doors. It's quite sad and I think very unexpected. Um, yeah, it was very, uh, I think for a lot of people, quite shocking actually because mm. it, was, it was like a safe space, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I think I, was, I think I met Monique at Arnold's across the road oh, really? and I like took all these massive canvases I just managed to fit in my car. Art and I showed her, and she hadn't even opened the gallery yet. So she oh, wow. was, it was—it was still all the things that are outside, of still under construction. You know, she's like, "Oh yeah, we could show some of this work. We really—I really like it. Awesome." And that was 2008. Mm. Amazing, is that right? Yeah,
0: 2008. Yeah. That's could be, a long be. time ago. Mm-hmm.
1: But so, she, you know, she was amazing. Monica's amazing. She is amazing. She's she's very professional. Mm-hmm. And I was chatting to someone about her the other day and they were saying the same thing like you know Mm -hmm. really miss her presence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do Mm -hmm. and the gallery was just such a such a a nice place to be and it felt like more like family actually Mm -hmm. so we built a relationship over the years and I think yeah I I do miss it but you know like life goes on and we have to all adapt and she's adapting to her new life and we're adapting to ours and I think I think I was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, I just it's just funny, like your, your relationship with a gallery, you take it for granted sometimes, you know. People take mm-hmm. that for granted. And and when it's when it's gone, you realise, you know, you only fit in with a few with a select mm-hmm. few spaces. You might mm-hmm. not think you do, but you do. And and it's like a brand. Mm-hmm. You're part of a, you're part of a group and you you have to fit there and to find that fit is a challenge. And when you're starting out as an artist, just to get in the door of somewhere is flipping hard. You know, you're, you're struggling to find – and you don't realize that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to represent them. And you're just like, I want to sell some work. <laughs> it's really good, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best shit you've ever seen. <laughs> but nevertheless, I still miss Salon 91 and, and I really love that space, you know. Like, it's just – mm. Think it was I
0: was did a good say, size too. It's a great
1: size. Such a nice it was so, so many things maintained. right about that yeah. place. It's a know, breath it, of fresh air. Yeah. So light and
0: Salon's <laughs> been your partner with the Latitude yeah. project. Yeah.
2: So they Monique started this project in 2019 and supplied the art to all the units. Yeah. And then this project to renovate the the penthouses into an entertainment space came along my way after Monique had closed closed her doors. And I feel so privileged to take the reins from her unofficially and i really try to continue her aesthetic yeah i think Um,
1: you've succeeded
2: thank you i'll take that as a compliment um and i try to keep the golden thread that continues downstairs there's some beautiful artworks downstairs um but but yeah she did an amazing job but she also shaped my thinking in terms of art and yeah i was young and looking at art for the first time as a Cape Townian buyer, and it was amazing to see what she's done. So she's no, yeah, absolutely I've got so much praise for her.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's really it was such a such an interesting journey, you know. And I think there's a as you're building a career, you're kind of you're stuck in that having to succeed kind of thing, and you're, you know, financially not stable. All mm. those things really contribute to the work because, you know, you can't feel Settled, and you're not settled. Then how's it going to come out in the work? Mm. So when you are settled, you have you really are at a very privileged state to be. So now you need to be thinking. You know, I'm going to use this now you be way risks. more thoughtful. You know, just everything is just more thoughtful now for me, anyway. And I'm really I'm happy to be here at that, at this space, and I've got a lot of people to thank for that.
0: Mm. But thank you very much, Andy, for it's your it's an absolute contribution. pleasure.
1: Thanks for the drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely chatting.
1: No, it has been great to catch up. And let's
0: hope it's not another 2 years.
1: No. no Most make it. I'm honest I'll, I'll come back again and talk to you guys anytime you want.
0: Perfect.